Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Man, I'm just reading some arguments on Twitter between Commanders fans, Linnell and Craig Hoffman going at each other, two guys that we've had on the program before, and it's just crazy how one loss can change a fan base. I mean, after two weeks and two wins, everyone thought Sam Howell was like the next Joe Theismann. Everyone thought Sam Howe couldn't do no wrong. He had the greatest comeback in 15 years on the road in Denver, and then that stinker against the Bills, and now the entire fan base is butting heads and fighting over, you know, Ron's decision-making, Coach Eric Bieniemy's play calling, Jack Del Rio's uh, defensive line and blitzing the quarterback. So many issues now after just one loss, and that's what happens when you play one of the premier teams in the National Football League in the Buffalo Bills. But now, time to talk a little college football here in the state of Virginia uh, with a little university drive on AWOD Radio. And to bring in a little university drive on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Andy Bitter. He covers Virginia Tech. What's going on, Andy? Not much. How are you doing? Doing pretty good here, and I'll be honest with you, we had uh, Frank Maloney on earlier, and we were kind of arguing about uh, Tony Elliott and the way that the the program has been for UVA, and he was saying, well, it's not like Virginia Tech fans have much to uh, uh, much hype to talk about anyway. What, I mean, how do you kind of compare these two programs here with UVA, year two of Tony Elliott, Virginia Tech, year two with Coach Pry? Well, they're both not in good spots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious with the uh, one and seven combined record. Uh, you know, UVA had a, a tremendous rebuilding job there ahead anyway, yeah, before even what happened last year. So it's a little bit different situation. Uh, <clears throat> I think you're looking at Virginia Tech, though, and yeah, they struggled last year, and yeah, there was a talent deficiency that they really had to overcome, and I think a more, more of a steep uh, decline than people had realized at the tail end of the Justin Fuente era, just where the roster was in terms of player turnover and what they had coming back. But, you know, Brent Pry and his staff did a lot of work in the transfer portal this offseason to try to, to build some depth. They had a decent recruiting class that they brought in. The last two have actually been uh, decent. That first one they patched together at the end of the Fuente era was pretty good, too. Uh, and you're just not really seeing the improvement this year on the field that I think a lot of people would see and maybe steps back in some spots like run defense or running the yeah. ball where they haven't been as effective on that side either. So, uh, yeah, just uh, some head-scratching things with the program that uh, I think a lot of people thought would be better this year. The Hokies are 1-3 and three coming off of the 24-17 loss to Marshall, in, in which I, I said on my show last week, I expected the Hokies to win, and I thought it was going to be a low-scoring defensive game in which the Hokies' offensive line would come to play, and they'd be able to run the ball successfully. And with Kyron Jones' ability to run, I thought it would look like some old-school Hokies football, you know, with Tyrod Taylor and, and Vic and Marcus Vic and all those guys. And, and Jones really ran the ball successfully 15 times for 75 yards. I just had never heard about Rasheen Ali, and I guess that's on me, Andy, because, my goodness, he was unbelievable for Marshall. He was good. They, they kept giving it to him. I mean, for the majority of his snaps, he really didn't do a whole lot. And then there were two carries, one for 56, one for 61, and boom, all of a sudden you're on your way to a 170-yard day. So, uh, you know, it kind of speaks to the stick of, of Marshall to keep doing that 
with its game plan, where maybe it wasn't moving the ball that great on the ground, but eventually one of those big big runs was going to hit. And as it turned out, a couple of those big runs hit. And, and you know, those both led to touchdowns, and that's the difference in the game. Whereas you, know, you look at Virginia Tech, they ran the ball for 6.1 yards a carry, only carried it 30 times. Didn't really stick with that running game, even though it was working early on. So kind of a baffling decision by the Hokies to, to veer away from that, I thought. Andy, do you have an injury report for us? We, we know the Hokies are dealing with a ton of injuries. Yeah, you know, we'll see on Grant Wells. I wouldn't think that he's quite there yet, based on the way that uh, uh, Brent Pry was talking this week. Uh, Braylon Moore, uh, he probably is, is questionable for this game. I'd say Jalen Jones, the safety, is doubtful. But they did get Nasir Peoples back at practice this week. I don't know if he'll be cleared for Saturday, but uh, that would be a major step forward for this team health-wise if they could get him back there, because they, they've been having trouble at that second level of the defense, especially on run fits. And just trying to fit that thing up, uh, you know, he brings a world of experience back there. He's played all sorts of positions, veteran leader. Uh, these next couple of days, if they could get him back, I think that'd be pretty huge. How's Jalen Lane feeling? You know, Brent Pride called him 85% uh, this week. That's a very specific number. I don't know how he got to that number. But you could tell he wasn't quite himself in that Marshall game, just maybe not as explosive as he would normally be, he got the ball in the reverse and he got some yards, but not this huge gain or anything like that, where I think maybe he could have gone for a little bit more. Uh, he's still on the mend, though. And it would, I think with those hamstrings, it just kind of is how you feel that day. How loose does it feel? Do you, you, you tweak it at all, making a cut like that? Andy Bitter with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, Andy Bitter VT, and you can read his work as a senior staff writer and lead football writer for Tech Sideline. What is Andy's scouting report on Pittsburgh? Well, they're not very good on offense either. Uh, you know, they're one and three, and they actually have an offense that's you know rated worse, at least in yards per game, than Virginia Tech, which might be hard to believe. Uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a, a typical pit team, though. They're tough in the trenches. They're going to be physical. They're going to beat you up. They're going to dare you to beat them in the air on defense. Load up against the run and you know go make a play one on one down the field. Uh, you know that has been a, a tough matchup for the Hokies over the years. You know they have not matched up that well with Pitt. Uh, some huge rushing games that Pitt has had over the years. So you know the Pitt's quarterback situation is kind of up in the air, but if they can run the ball as they have against the Hokies in a lot of matchups in the recent past, uh, they might not have to go to the air that much. So matchups-wise, I, I don't really like this matchup for the Hokies. Uh, it's just mm. it's going into a game and a fist fight, a battle in the trenches, and I just don't think they're a team that's suited to that. Well, maybe this is one of those games here where, where you get some extra crowd noise and that gets the guys fired up and the juice is flowing 8 p.m. on ACC Network. Uh, are, are they doing anything special to make sure that the fan base is ready for this one? Uh, I mean, they have a, a white effect. I don't think that that's anything special for this game. Uh, you yeah. know, I think the crowd, I mean, it's a sellout crowd. It's a testament to Hokies fans that keep showing up uh, despite the struggles early in the season here. I mean, it should be a, a full house, a, a rocking crowd. Uh, they just need a little bit better play on the field. What did you make of Kyron Jones, not his rushing, but throwing the ball 19 of 35, 159 yards against Marshall? You know, I thought it was hit and miss. Uh, you know, I, I think they could have run the ball with him a bit more. That was where he was having more success uh, than throwing the ball. He made some plays down the stretch. I thought he made a really nice fourth down pass where he dumped it off to, to Bashal Tootin when the game's on the line there at the, at the tail end. But, you know, he's developing as a passer. 
and they're still saying that he's learning uh, that, you know, they have to bring him along with in this passing game. And I think you'll see him continue to improve over time, but that's going to come with some mistakes too. Some reads maybe he'd like back. I know that fourth down call early on, maybe I know he definitely wouldn't want to throw it into triple coverage again with given a second chance at that. But I think all that comes with reps. So the more he plays, I think the better he'll be, but it's going to be a growing process. Yeah, what do you think it's going to take for Virginia Tech to get this victory? You know, ugly it up. I don't think there will be a challenge. I think both teams will ugly it up just by their nature in this one. <laughs> but you, you, in a game like this, like a, a turnover, a special teams play could be so huge. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's going to be tough to move the ball 80 yards in a you know play-by-play drive and 12 plays, five minutes or something like that, like for either team. I think that's just a, a tall order to ask them to do that. So if you could, you know, Tucker Holloway could break a big punt return or, you know, Tech had two interceptions last week. I don't think it capitalized on either one of them. Montreal Delane dropped another one. Uh, it would, would have happened because it was interference on, on somebody else. But those are the opportunities you need to make that can turn a game like that. And, you know, all of a sudden an ugly game is on your side because you have a 20-yard field or something like that. I, I think that's what it's going to take to win this game. You know, we started this segment, Andy, by talking about the UVA fan base and kind of comparing the first two seasons of the Tony Elliott era to Brent Pry, and they're so upset there. What do you think the temperature is at? Where's the temperature uh, for Virginia Tech fan base right now? Oh, they're running hot. <laughs> Believe me, I've seen the replies in my uh, Twitter account and on the message <laughs> boards, and I know that's not always a representative uh, sampling of the fan base out there, but... Uh, yeah, they're definitely past the honeymoon period with Pry. I think they're they're moving on to full blown anger about this stuff. Uh, you know, kind of wondering why the progress has been so slow. And if it continues this way, if they go another you know, three win season or something like that, uh, you know, you, you get one of those mulligans. The second one is like starting to become a trend a little bit. You know, that's, I wonder how much uh, push there will be to make staff changes or something like that. If it gets that far, there's still a lot of season to be played here, but. You know, kind of projecting this thing out, uh, it doesn't look great the rest of the season. So I, I, you know, I think this is an unusual spot for Hokies fans to be in. Uh, haven't had back-to-back seasons like this certainly in forever. Uh, you know, they're not going to take it uh, all too happily. Hey, I, I know we haven't talked about um, him in a few weeks, but has there been any update on Ollie Jennings? Is this a season-long injury? Uh, it might be. Um, yeah, it looks pretty severe. We've heard he's had surgery on his ankle and uh you know it could be a couple months deal i mean he's off the depth chart we haven't even seen him at practice uh it kind of feels like you know dorian strong last year but they wouldn't just tell us he was out for the season even though he was probably out for the season so maybe this is something where you know ali could make it back by the end of the year in november or something like that but uh, you know I, I have low hopes that any time in october uh he'd be getting back on the field so i, I think this is a long-term deal Well, Andy, I appreciate you taking the time to join the show, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Yep. Follow Andy on social media at Andy Bitter, Virginia Tech, senior staff writer and lead football writer for Tech Sideline. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, always available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free and just search 910 The Fan to hear AWOD from 12 to 3, Monday through Friday. It's the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and sports talk. It gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind. You can run some errands and then pick up right where you left off. We also post a podcast every day. It's called Best of AWOD Radio. It's each hour of the show plus a full best of hour 
every single day that's available for you on your drive home. Just search Spotify or iTunes, AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. All right, Stubbs, we talked about this briefly last week. Is the writer strike officially over? Is it over, over? Or are we still waiting? It's what, a, what's uh, the, well, the writers are done. The, but the actors are still striking. Yeah, is that, is that well, what it is? Uh, they're uh, entering negotiations soon. Ooh, uh, but the okay. writers are free, and they got right, a we, good deal. They're free. Well, we'll get to the latest. And I, I watched a couple movies, some decent movies, while I was homesick. So we'll discuss that on Netflix coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And so I'll tell you this. Stub, we, we lead the league, all right? We lead the league in radio shows around the country that talks about cheese. We are a very pro-cheese show. Anytime there's a new article that comes out about cheese, uh, we have to jump on it. If there's a new flavor of cheese at a restaurant, I've got to try it. We are very pro-cheese. But we are also very Pro Harry Potter. I don't care about the haters. I do not care about anyone that does not like Harry Potter, the book, the author, or anything about that series. Because to me, it was the greatest television, or excuse me, movie and book series of all time. Because it was the middle of my childhood in the 90s and the early 2000s, reading the Harry Potter books, and then going out to see the movies. I thought it was fantastic. I love Hermione Granger. I mean, my goodness, that was my woman crush for a long time. Uh, everything about the movie I just think is awesome. I rewatch it probably once a year. And that's the lead story today with some sad news here on Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. Sad to say that the actor Michael Gambon, best known for playing Albus Dumbledore in Harry Potter, has died at the age of 82 following a bout with pneumonia. A statement was issued on his behalf of his family this morning, saying, quote, we are devastated to announce the loss of Sir Michael Gambon. Uh, the statement was issued by his publicist. He was a beloved husband and father. Michael died peacefully in hospital with his wife, Anne, and son, Fergus, at his bedside following this fight with pneumonia at the age of 82. And so I wanted to honor the great Albus Dumbledore, the greatest wizard in the history of wizardry, here with this uh, little piece of audio that our producer Christopher has put together. Ah, Let's roll the clip. I thought we might hit this little snag. You seem to be laboring under the delusion that I'm going to... What was the phrase? Come quietly. Well, I can tell you this. I have no intention of going to Azkaban. Sir. In order to gain passage, payment must be made. Payment intended to weaken any intruder. You should have let me, sir. Oh, no, Harry. Your blood's much more precious than mine. It just sucks, man. It sucks so much. I, I, I loved him so much. He was Dumbledore was my favorite character. Stub it was my favorite character. Yeah, you're you're a, you're a Dumbledore fan, number yeah. one. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'd go Hagrid too, but I, I don't know. Did did Harry Potter mean as as much to you growing up as as it did to me? Um, growing up, it was it was definitely there. Uh, yeah. I, I would not call myself a fan anymore. Really? Yeah, it's 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 lost it, and uh, you know, not a fan of J.K. 
So. Well, the the new movies have you know not been great in, in my mind, oh, but those uh, were, those were uh, I, I can still watch the original Harry Potters and, and always smile and, and laugh and so many great characters. But man, Dumbledore was the goat. Dumbledore was the gro- the goat. So R.I.P. to Michael Gambone. What did you want to bring up on uh, Netflix today? I mean, definitely just like the writer strike being over is great. Like, it's really good. They got a fantastic deal from the studios, the writers. Yeah. Like, great AI protection. That's the big thing. That is the big thing. I mean, my, do you have it in front of you right now? Because I was reading into it, and I, I couldn't believe that they had to put this, like, all these little things in it because I, you would have thought that it was, like, obvious. Here, so here's some of the regulations I pulled up here. All right? AI can't rewrite or write literary material. An AI-generated material will not be considered source material. A writer can choose to use AI when writing services. It can't be required. Studios must disclose uh, disclose to the writer if any material has been made by AI, and the WGA reserves the right to assert that exploitations of writers' material to train AI is prohibited by the agreement or other law. Uh, I hate AI. I've said this before. I want to be the first human to kill AI. I want to be the first. Call me a robot, all right? I want to take down a robot. Boom, 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 boom. You try to come for my job, I'm coming for your soul. And robots have already tried to come for the job of DJs in this country. There are several stations. I'm not going to out them, but they're playing robots. Oh, today it is 85 degrees and sunny, and here are the top three stories. Robots do not feel Pain. Robots do not feel empathy. They don't know how to live. They don't know how to be human beings. And so because of that, I have started a war against all robots. I want to be known as a robot, the first human to kill AI. I, I had no <laughs> idea that stations were doing that. That's horrible. <laughs> it's so bad, man. So bad. Yeah. But so, but like, shout out to them. And the actors will be meeting on Monday. Okay. And it, it seems like the, the studios are just like giving up, which okay. is great. Like the, they, they're getting what they need. And so... Uh, we can start expecting things to happen again. <laughs> new well, I, new announcements and promotions. Here's one thing I did want to say on Netflix is I was very excited yesterday for the season premiere of season 45 of Survivor. You should know, Stubb, I am a Survivor mark. I have declared that I would like to be on season 50. Over the next three years, I will be training to get my body ready for 38 days in Fiji or whatever the hell island uh, they send us to. But I love Survivor. But season 45, wow, it started so bad. And I think it's because of the writer's strike that they did not uh, do a good enough job of figuring out the right people to join. Because here's how the show works. And it's the same thing with The Bachelor and all these other reality shows, The Challenge and everything. It's not about... Uh, the show. It's about the characters. It's about the people that they choose to be in this show. They picked a bunch of whiny babies, a bunch of quitters, a bunch of crybabies that should not have been on the show. I'm so disappointed with the season 45 premiere that I personally might take a few weeks off from Survivor. I will not be watching it live. I can catch the replay and, and, and watch it on On Demand on Thursday. But my goodness, I was so upset. And I think it's because of the writer's strike that the producers on Survivor took it easy and they just chose whoever and they're doing 90-minute episodes and they're not cutting out the fluff. And so it was a bunch of fluff and nuff. And I, and I had enough of it, Chris, and I hated it. I hated it yesterday. I'm so sad to hear that. I'm a, I'm a Survivor fan myself. I, okay. you know, I, I'd love to be on the show too. Um, but I, I haven't checked out the newest episode. Uh, oh. my, I heard that there's a there's a tech player this season. 
What do you mean, or a maybe, tech player? Like a, a, a Hokies player. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, or, I didn't maybe, hear about that. Maybe he's on uh, Amazing Race instead. Oh, but maybe. my roommate was telling me about this because he like had classes with him. Really? He said like he saw like on Instagram that he was promoting that he was going to be on one of these shows. Well, well, now that I just found out that you're a Survivor fan, you just jumped up to the top of my uh, rankings here for producers at Odyssey Richmond. So I need you to watch this season so that we can break yeah, it down absolutely. each week. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll catch up. I will say, don't don't have too many high hopes for episode one. Okay, it was garbage. My yeah. goodness. And I, know I wish I had the, an hour and a half back. They started The Amazing Race 2, and I'm that's my number one show. That is your number one? That's my number one. For, like, oh. reality, I all right, love so then, The Amazing Race. All right, so then what's a detour? <laughs> Choice between two frozen tasks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to watch The Amazing Race with my mom growing up, but I... I never. I stopped watching when I went to college. It was like when my mom and I. We used to watch Survivor and then Amazing Race back to back. And then when I went to college, I stuck with Survivor and I said Amazing Race. I'm out. Um, one thing I wanted to get to here real quick on Netflix. So I watched a really cool movie while I was homesick. All right. It is called A Million Miles Away. Have you heard of this movie, Stub? I have not heard of this movie, which is rare right. for me. It is brand new. It just came out. Amazon Prime. They're promoting the crap out of it. It's Michael Pena, one of the most underrated actors. Love Michael Pena. I mean, I can't tell you a movie he's been in that I didn't think was awesome. All right? And, and I'll go through the list in a second here. But let me just tell you, all right? A Million Miles Away is the story of Jose Hernandez, who was born in Mexico and worked the fields in America and worked his way up, became an engineer, and then was a member of the space shuttle mission STS-120. And it is an incredible, inspirational story about the first Mexican-American to get to space. Um, it, it is awesome. It is it is such a great story. The plot is incredible. The acting is great. It's a true story. And, and, and like I said, Michael Pena is in End of Watch. Terrific. He's in Chips. Eh, that's not that great. He was in Narcos. He was good in that. He was in Shooter. He was in Fury. He was in The Martian. He was in Ant-Man. And then they brought him back for Ant-Man and the Wasp, and they gave him a bigger role. He's. I love him as an actor. He is incredible in this role. It might be his best role he's ever played. A million miles away. I, I do my, my ratings out of, out of joggers, all right? Five out of five joggers. Wow. Five out of five joggers. Five. A million miles away. You can watch it for free on Amazon Prime. Trust me, you will love this inspirational story of the first Mexican-American to get to space. He trained. They show you all the details of what it takes to be an astronaut. I, I, there, you couldn't pay me billions of dollars to be an astronaut. No thank you. But it is inspirational to watch him train and then get to the top. Wow. I, I'll check it out. I'll put it on my list. That Yeah. Definitely put it on their list. Anything else you wanted to mention on Netflix today, dude? I mean, uh, we keep talking about Taylor Swift and and her her concerts coming to theaters, and it is selling like crazy. It is they're having to open more screenings. You walk into any Regal, and where they'd have like normally four different posters, it's just Taylor Swift four times. Really? Is that was that? You know what? Is that how I should pick up chicks this weekend? Should I just go to movie land and just start buying girls tickets to the movie and say, hey, hey, I got your free popcorn here and a free Taylor Swift movie. All it takes is a date with AWOD. It's not the worst idea. <laughs> I mean, because it feels like you're going to have, you know, women between the ages of you know 21 and 45 all going to see the Taylor Swift movie. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a fan, though, you're going to then have to go and sit there for three hours and watch this concert of well, what I'm assuming is like a full theater of people scream singing along. Yeah, well, if I do it right, I'll be doing the uh, popcorn 
hand in the popcorn bucket trick anyway. So that's all good. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And I think it's kind of interesting how all eyes in the NFL have been on the Jets this season as they started the year with Aaron Rodgers. But since he got hurt, it's been people taking shots at Zach Wilson all around the country, including former Jet Joe Namath, who had a lot of negative comments to say about the play of Zach Wilson. If you have an eye about football at all, it's easy to see that things are haywire with the Jets. Robert Sala said he would agree to disagree with Naaman's opinion on the team. But what I think is obvious is they have to do something at the quarterback position. And look, they believed that Zach Wilson gave them the best chance to win uh, week two against the Cowboys and week three against the Patriots. At this point in the season... I don't think that you can say that that is the correct call anymore. At this point, the Jets need to pick up that phone and start making some phone calls, or they're going to be from 1-2 and two to 1-5 and five with the quickness and then out of the playoffs before they even get a quarterback to replace Zach Wilson. All right, did we track down Michael P? Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, voice of MP on the mic, it's Michael Phelps. What's going on, bud? Good to have you back. Absolutely, man. How's it been for you this week? Your first misery Monday. I, you know, I, this was a tame one, though. I, I, I've mentioned it a few times. I feel like everybody's like still really freakishly supportive of Sam Howell and like not ready to tear him apart. And you know, if he loses to the Bears next week, they will. But I, I think <laughs> everybody's giving him the runway to to take care of business, do what he needs to do. This this is a, this is not a Zach Wilson situation. This is a, this is a salvageable project. No, it, it certainly is, but, uh, you know, I, I I wish I got to listen more to your show Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to get, get your take on the game, but I, I really think a lot of people blaming the junkies in particular, blaming Eric Bieniemy is kind of just, hey, hey, let's just, th- you know, let's just throw a dart at the wall and see what sticks here, because to me, the issue was Sam Howell. Sam Howell played terrible, and Sam Howell was the reason this team lost, and the game, the reason wasn't even close. I Honestly, I really did not have many issues with the play calling. I do think they need to run more against the Eagles, but it wasn't the play calling. It was the guy executing the plays for me, Michael. Yeah, and if you want to show your ignorance about football, you can say it was the offensive line, not Sam Howell. No, 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 no. It was Sam Howell. Uh, he had a bad game. He had a stinker. It's all right to say that. Uh, you know, look, we – we can go over what everybody needs to do to get a little better. We can put everybody in that club, right? EB can do things to get better. Right? He, he needs to call more run plays, more play action in particular. Um, Antonio Gimson could maybe not fumble the ball when he touches it. That could be a nice contribution. Uh, the offensive line needs to play a little bit better, obviously. Um, you know, they, it, they weren't the reason he threw four interceptions, but they weren't helping the situation. You know, you can run down the list and say what everybody can do better. That's going to happen after 37-3. to three. The defensive line can make some plays, uh, make some sacks, make some game-changing plays, give them some short fields. But you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, this is a Sam Howell situation here. Sam Howell is the one who needs to fix his game. Sam Howell's the one who needs to improve week to week. And look, I, I think this is a really good opportunity for him to bounce back, not not in the sense of like, oh, they're going to beat the Eagles. I think we all understand they're not going to beat the Eagles. The Eagles are a Super Bowl contender. Um, 
but but that takes the pressure off. This doesn't have to be a black and white win and loss calculation this weekend. It's just can this guy make a decision in less than three seconds? Can can he put people where they need to be put? Can he get the ball out in space to his playmakers and avoid you know a the nine the embarrassment of nine sacks and four interceptions and, and take that step forward? Look, we've been waiting for this game. UNC fans have been waiting for this game since 2021. They could have told you his regression in 2021 was due to his decision-making, and that's the case here, uh, and that's going to be the case until he fixes it because the NFL, I'll give you the cliche alert here, Adam, it's a copycat league. Somebody does something that works. Everybody else is going to line up, take that ticket, and do it. You can expect the Eagles to pressure Sam Howe until he figures out how to make a quick decision and get the ball out. So I think that's what makes this so intriguing for me. We got a great lineup here on the new Sports Radio 910 the fan now at 105.1 FM with the sports junkies from six to ten. Michael P takes over from ten to noon. I'm twelve to three before I hand it off to Grant and Danny and the junkies have Jonathan Allen on the show Mondays at eight AM. And I know you heard that interview there. It was great stuff. Yep. But one thing I didn't like about what Jonathan Allen said, and I told the audience I hate this, and Jack Del Rio says it all the time, is that hey, we're four first-round picks on the defensive line. We should be able to get the job done. We don't need to blitz. And I think that's the issue. Why are we not sending five and six guys more often? Yeah, you know, I, Jonathan Allen's always going to wear it, and I, I, I agree with you. It was a really nice interview he had with the Junkies. Gave some, gave some good post, post uh, you know, 37-3 insight there and, and was still pretty insightful uh, with them in his segment. Um, I... I I need to yeah, I, I think Chase Young, a little bit of the shine of, of Denver came off last week where you say, hey, yeah, okay, you know, may, maybe back to earth a little bit. Uh, maybe there, there's still, still some room to grow here. Uh, I think you fundamentally have a talent issue here when you talk about things like that, right? So I'd, I'd love to see them. You know, Derek Forrest can make some plays. He can get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, but you fundamentally have a, a talent issue at linebacker. Um, and you fundamentally have a talent issue on the offensive line. Those are not fixable problems, right? We got we got our fixable problem bucket. And we got our non-fixable problem bucket. And the non-fixable problem bucket, these linebackers are duds, Adam. Uh, and you know, it, it it's hard for me to advocate using them in more prominent ways when I'm not sure they're good at football to start with. Michael Phillips with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Check him out from 10 to noon, always available around the country on the Odyssey app. What would have to have gone right this Sunday for the Commanders to bounce back and defeat the Philadelphia Eagles at the link? Now, I believe they've won two of the last three at the link, but those were different circumstances. Boy, yeah. What was it last year? You, you, you talked to an Eagles fan and, oh, you got a call in your favor and, oh, you got that lucky run. And, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe we just boot up another one of those, get some sour grape Philly fans on uh, on Monday. That'd be a, that'd be a fun radio program. Uh, it, look, the, the, the Sam Howell good throw reel is, is very impressive. I mean, when he flings it downfield, he makes it happen and he puts the ball where it needs to be. So he can make some big plays. I, I think, you know, number one, if the commanders are, are going to beat the Eagles and pull the upset, you've got to have some takeaways. You've got to have some some really big turnovers where you set the offense up with a short field. Number two, you're going to have to have some efficient long drives. It's going to be Antonio Gibson getting the ball in space, Curtis Samuel getting the ball in space. Brian Robinson has come on very strong the last couple of weeks. More of him, obviously, would be a great formula for these guys. Just continuing to move the chains. You know, make it a shorter football game than it would be otherwise. 
Uh, but but it, it's going to come down to the big plays. Can Sam Howell make them? Can he get the ball downfield? You know, give Terry McLaurin some chances at, at, to make something happen? And can that defensive line really disrupt Jalen Hurts? I, I think the reason this line's so high on this game is people look at it and say, no, <laughs> neither of them can do that. Um, but that's, that's part of the fun of football. You nailed it. I, these guys have pulled the stunner up there before, so we've seen it. Can't, don't say never. We've seen it with our own eyes. But I, I think the conventional wisdom here, and I, I agree with it, is one, one football team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender here. The other one's still finding its way. Yeah, no no doubt about that. And Sam Howell looked like a young quarterback that was taken in the fifth round, whereas you know, previous weeks I, I kind of would say he looked like a first-round pick. And so that's the differences right there, the biggest mistake, uh, you know, the, the turnovers. It's so frustrating. When I, when I watched Sam Howell against the Buffalo Bills, and, and this is something that I fear, is that in the second quarter and then the whole second half, it was like his internal clock was clicking a little too quick, and he was going through his progressions and then trying to run quicker. And I think he had time to step up in the pocket sometimes, and that's led to the sacks. Do you think that you know a young quarterback, his internal clock might be ticking a little too fast right now because of the play of the offensive line? What was the great Sam Darnold line? I was seeing ghosts out there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think our guy was seeing ghosts out there. I think. Uh, I think once you get rocked that many times, it's tough to bounce back. And I, I didn't take a stance on the should he have been pulled for Jacoby Brissett debate. I understand both sides of it. One side is, look, it's not his day. Get the kid out of there. Avoid him taking that punishment. The other is, no, this is Sam Howell's team. You want him out there for every snap. There's to be no you know, breakage of the confidence. And I, and I think internally it's understood this is Sam Howell's team and they're going to ride with him you know, for the foreseeable future here. Um, but but you're absolutely right that the fourth quarter was tough to watch. You know whether you whether you were sick or healthy, it was a tough watch there in yeah. the fourth quarter. It made made us all feel a little queasy on the couch. It was just so far out of hand, and and he was so far rattled. Uh, at that point, you just want to kneel on it, declare the mercy rule or something, and, and move on to the next one. But if if there's anything you know we can say about Sam Howell from what we've seen, he can shake these things off. He can bounce back. Um, and, and so I, I don't think there's any carryover from that. I don't think he's going to start the Philly game, you know, fast or anything like that. Uh, but it, it was a tough fourth quarter to watch. Michael, tomorrow, if you can, we'll do a little cross crosstalk and we'll both cancel a team. And then also we need to get your Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool pick. As I know, uh, you went with the Jags and I believe you're going to buy back in once again. But you're not playing Thursday night football. That's correct. You, you don't uh, you don't ever play Thursday night football. We don't play for Thursday night football. I'll tap the sign on that. Adam, I'm going to start a new segment on my show each week. Um, instead of playing the Survivor Pool, we're going to have a segment each week where I just light $5 on fire and we watch it burn <laughs> for a minute. I think that would provide more entertainment value for people than watching the teams I pick in these games. It's been brutal out there. Brutal oh, out there. I mean, uh, it's not I, just you. It was like half the, you know, half the sales <laughs> department with the went with Jaguars as well. <laughs> I, I do have an idea, though. I think that the Thursday night game each week should be the worst game of the week. It should get flexed in. So I think the Broncos-Bears matchup of 0-3 should get flexed into the Thursday night window um, so that we can all just treat ourselves to bet, like just binge on bad football on Thursday nights, fully embrace it with a hug. Um, 
that that's my new idea for the Amazon Thursday night window. I love it. That's MP on the mic. Uh, follow him on social media, Michael P in RVA, and check him out on the Odyssey app, 10 to noon on the fan. Thanks a lot, dude. We'll talk tomorrow. Yep, you're listening to AWOD here on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Feels really good to get back on the air today. It was tough not being able to do the show Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Actually, you know what? was not tough saying no to Monday on a misery Monday after the 37-3 loss to the Bills, but I did want to give a big shout-out and a thank you to all of the loyal listeners of the AWOD Army that reached out to me when they noticed Jim Rome on the air this week and wanted to ask if I was doing all right. And we're battling through it here, and it's good to be back on the air. Stubb, appreciate you hanging through and uh, battling with me this week. Appreciate it. Doing a great job, as always, producing the show. And the biggest story in the sports world yesterday was from the NBA. Let's break it down here on the Fast Break with AWOD. Let's go. Let's play some basketball here. We're going on the Fast Break with AWOD. From buzzer-beating shots to the best highlight plays from around the league, every clutch moment. The all-stars of the league. We're out in transition. It's a breakaway. It's good at the buzzer. It's the fast break and AWOD talking all things NBA. All right, in case you missed it, all-star guard Damian Lillard has been dealt to the Milwaukee Bucks in a blockbuster three-team trade. That included the Phoenix Suns as well. Damian Lillard took to Twitter to say that the casuals won't be addressed, but the Trailblazers fans and the city of Portland that I truly, that I love, truly will be, and they will be addressed truthfully. Stay tuned. Excited for my next chapter with the Bucks. Look, I've been a, fr- a fan of Damian Lillard, Dame Time. Uh, for a long time since he's been in the NBA. And I used to argue that Washington's backcourt was better than Portland's backcourt when it was John Wall and Brad Beal against Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I've been proven wrong. Damian Lillard's career has gone on to be spectacular, and C.J. McCollum had a great career in Portland, and now is even having a better one in New Orleans, whereas John Wall's out of the league, and Bradley Beal, uh, I'm so happy that we were able to get rid of him in Washington. But I do find it kind of interesting that Lillard said the casuals won't be addressed, but the Trailblazers fans and the city of Portland that I truly love will be. Like, what does he mean by that? Like, am I a casual Trailblazer fan? Because I'm not from Portland, but I enjoyed watching Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers. I'm a Wizards fan, but I enjoyed watching him. I guess that would make me a casual. Just like Peter Haley, who's a big Damian Lillard fan I know. And a bunch of other... East Coasters that are Damian Lillard fans, does that mean that they're casuals that won't be addressed? Look, we're in the, we're in a, a day and age here in the NBA where everybody is ring chasing. That's all they're doing. Loyalty means nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know who cared about loyalty? Kobe Bryant. You know who cared about loyalty? Uh, Michael Jordan. Not LeBron James. 
No, he started this by going from team to team to team to team. And I hate it, and I truly can't stand it, and I will not be rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks and Damian Lillard this year. One, because I think Giannis is overrated, and my goodness, he travels and carries the ball anytime he gets the ball. It's like we don't call normal basketball anymore. You know, you go out to you go out to the park and you play on the blacktop, and, and that's a travel. That's a double dribble. No, you can't take four steps on a step back three, you idiot. That's a travel. Well, now you can do that in the league. It's one of the reasons why I'm all in on college basketball. And the other thing is there's no loyalty. It's guys going from team to team to team. And I love how you know Jimmy Butler thought he needed to come out and say yesterday that there was tampering and the league needs to look into it. Tampering? No. Tampering? Who cares about tampering? This is just people that want to win rings. They are ring chasers. All right? So, Jimmy Butler, I could say the same thing for you. It's not like you've been loyal to one team your entire career. You've bounced around the league as much as Lillard. All right? As much as other people. So, this is what we're at. This is what we're getting at right now, which is, look... It's, it's not many teams that can compete for a title. And that's why the NBA has gone down. And you even had guys like Jabari Parker come out and say, the NBA is washed. And a lot of people gave him some backlash for that. But if you read into the quotes, it kind of made a lot of sense. Because what happens around the NBA right now is there are 10 teams at the most, 10 teams at the most, all right, that really contend for a title. The rest of the 20 teams, you have five or 10 of them that are tanking, and the others, they're giving minutes to... 20 and 21 year olds over guys that are 26 and 27 that are proven because they have a higher upside and they are younger. And so because of that, you have the NBA, which is a young man's game now, and there's no defense at all. Absolutely zero defense. All right. And you're watching scores go up to 110, 20, 30, 140, 150. I made the proclamation on this show that before the year 2025, we will have a 400 point NBA game. And I think that's going to happen. I really do. There's no defense anymore in this league. You have nothing but scoring. And part of that's on the officials, obviously, for not making the calls. But part of that's on the players. Like, they're just getting away with traveling. And it's like, you'd think that you'd, like, deep down you'd care about the sport. You know, like, I love the game of basketball. I am a basketball purist, all right? You're not going to see me do the the hip new uh, step-back three-pointer just because I can get away with that. No, that will always be a travel. And, and so it's frustrating, and that's kind of my biggest takeaway of the trade yesterday is, oh, it made headlines. Damian Lillard traded to the Bucks and all this stuff. Oh, great. Now I can watch the Bucks, um, you know, travel with Giannis and then Damian Lillard taking 45-foot uh, jumpers all, all day. That's not fun to watch basketball. They might score 130 points. Damian Lillard might score 50. Giannis might have 30 and 30. But it's not fun to watch those guys play. Lillard, all he does is pull up from way behind the three-point line. And I think that's been part of his issue in Portland. I don't think he takes good shots. Yes, you can make tough shots, but it doesn't mean it's a good shot. I've said the exact same thing about Kevin Durant for a long time, and that's why I haven't been a fan of his since he's been jumping ship from team to team to team. And so now you have all these teams in the NBA that are, they're not contenders. They're not contenders at all. They're throw, I mean, look at the Wizards this year. They're going to be throwing out uh, teenagers and youth players and guys that really should be overseas, but maybe they have the you know they have the chance of being great in a few years, so they're going to play them because you know what? If they lose, oh, they can get back in the lottery. They, the NBA has to do something about about it, man. Uh, uh, tanking sucks. 
And it's one of the reasons why I think the NBA has gone down and down and down. The other thing is there's no defense. And then the third thing is, uh, I mean, they don't even follow the rules anymore. They just travel. They just walk around the court. You know, how many times do you watch the game now in the NBA and the guys take an inbound pass and they put their hands up and they're just walking with the ball? They're taking four or five steps and the refs don't even care. It's like, what are the refs watching? You know, they're just rooting for superstars. That's all it is. And so with that being said, I cannot wait until VCU basketball returns so we can watch some real hoops. And that's going to be awesome with the return of the black and gold scrimmage October 14th at 4 p.m. That is your chance to see the uh, new faces here. And it's going to be awesome. It'll be at the Seagull Center for the black and gold game returning Saturday, October 14th. Get your first sight at the 2023 men's and women's VCU Rams basketball team. So that's going to be a, a ton of fun. You heard Michael Phillips uh, with Zach Joachim earlier this show. It's going to be an exciting season. And I really think that all eyes are going to be on VCU basketball. And there might be more eyes on VCU basketball uh, than there have been for the past 10 years. I, I really think you got to look back to the year after they won the Final Four to see how much people are excited because one you have a new face of this team in Ryan Odom and nothing against coach Rhodes I loved coach Rhodes I really respected him but when he left you kind of heard the fan base their real thoughts about him and it's not my take but you kind of heard the fan base's real thoughts about coach Rhodes as soon as he left and I think that's part of why people are excited for Ryan Odom. They're excited for this offensive style basketball. As much as we all love hot havoc and to say havoc lives here and to dive on the court and steal balls, I'm tired of watching an offense that runs in circles and then scores 25 points in a first half. So I, I would like to see an improvement in the offense this season. I think that's exactly what Ryan Odom was brought in to do, was to make the offense exciting, to shoot the three ball much better than we did last season. But you're going to have to replace five starters who won the A-10 championship with three wins in four days in Brooklyn, New York. So it's going to be a tough task for them, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And it begins October 14th with the black and gold game. And 9-10, the fan is proud to be the home for the VCU Rams once again this season with Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby back once again. The Rams season is just a few weeks away. Stubb, appreciate all the work you've done to produce the show today. Shout out to the voice of God, Zach McHugh, for getting me set up here for AWOT at home. I will be back tomorrow at home as I'm still recovering from this sickness here. I appreciate all the listeners reaching out, and I'll see you guys tomorrow at 12 noon. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.